podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi folks, Tino here and welcome to the latest episode of CSC Stories right here on the Celtic Exchange. This new series was inspired by the new book Football Without Fans, written and compiled by David McIntyre of CelticBars.com. And it's a book which provides the definitive and up-to-date history of Celtic supporters clubs across the globe. For this episode, we're heading down south to hear the stories of Brian and Eddie of the newly formed Swindon CSE. Lads, welcome both to the show. Brian, I'll come to you first. How are things this afternoon? Things are tremendous. Tino, it's, uh, it's really nice to be on. I normally, um, I'm normally on the Axon podcast, so this is a bit of a, an emergency loan deal sort of coming in. But um, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, we're more Robbie Keenan, no. Um, Johnny Kenny, so no, brilliant, glad to be here. Yeah, glad to have got you in the the February podcast transfer window that we seem to have created there. But no, Brian, you're no you're no stranger to Celtic podcasts, having done you know some various shows over the last few years. I think with Paul John and the guys at Axum, and it's it's great to see that. Um, Eddie, what about yourself? How's things with you down well, there? Well, it's um, yeah, I'm very I'm very proud to actually represent Swindon Supporters Club. Um, Unfortunately, I've got two pros here in front of me, so I feel a wee bit nervous about it. I'm sure you'll lead me through it all. Also, I must say that I was I predominantly lived all my life in Glasgow, um, down in uh, Swindon. I was born in Glasgow, but now and again, an English accent will appear. And um, I'm hopefully a wee bit better than, uh, say, say, a Joey Barton. It wouldn't be that bad, you know, and uh, Steve McLaren. But if there's a wee Wiltshire and a wee English, Brian knows only too well. He sat with me many a time and said, Oh my God, who's he? <laughs> However, um, I'll try and keep my Scottish accent as best I can. <laughs> Sounds good. And if we're struggling, Eddie will get Brian to translate for anyone listening back oh, home. Yeah, it's not that bad. <laughs> um, I was going to ask, just, just very generally speaking, um, how how you come come to be in Swindon. So, not sure if you're born and bred there, Eddie, or if that's something. That's no, been I was born in Postal. No, born in Postal. Yeah. Um, we moved down uh, when I was when we were t- when I was ten, and uh, through work and such like, uh, my dad was a big big Celtic fan and as soon as your dad's a Celtic fan you become a Celtic fan and then I pass it on to my kids so um, that's just when we moved down to England and Swindon and actually there's a quite a decent Irish community and a Scottish community down there it's surprising Um, and even when I was away uh, my dad would be hanging around with uh, Belfast Joe and people like that always had Dublin Dave and stuff like that so though we were away from Glasgow we were still many wee Glasgow down uh, down in Swindon yeah, yeah, great to hear that. Actually, I'll stay with you for now, Eddie. One question I usually ask at the top of the recording is generally people's own um, introduction to Celtic. You know, what's your background? We speak to folks as part of this series from across the globe, guys in the States, and hopefully some of the ones from much further afield, Singapore and potentially Kuala Lumpur. These guys have all got interested in very varied stories as to how their Celtic life began. With yourself and Brian, obviously both being Glasgow guys then, I would expect it's kind of something that's bestowed upon you, whether you, you know, you, you choose it or not. But what was your own intro? Is it through your father mostly? Yeah, well, through the whole family, really. The um, extended family right out from uncles and cousins and everything. I think there was one one black sheep, which we didn't really visit very much, you know. So I'm sure we've also got them as well. But um, uh, so ever since I was been a boy, I've been a Celtic fan. And um, even moving down to England, uh, it, I think the bond became even stronger. Um and I'm always finding myself sticking up. And Brian will, Brian will concur with this, I'm sure. Sticking myself up either for Scottish football, definitely Celtic. Unfortunately, Celtic's 
uh, run in Europe's never any good apart from Seville. Um, so it's always a difficult conversation trying to get people around. And I've had myself once or twice even sticking myself up, sticking uh, uh, Rangers up, sticking off my end now and again. But um, that is only because I must have had a two or three Guinnesses more than I needed to. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm not, not too sure if, if that's acceptable. Um, no, we'll no, 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 um, no. It's interesting that you make that point, though. Again, just through the recordings, we've realised that the folks who are removed from Glasgow, whether they were from Glasgow or Scotland initially, they seem to be almost more passionate about anyone you know here on the ground. I'm a, I'm a bit of a homebird. I've not really ever moved or lived away from Glasgow. But what I'm getting from folks who have done, and, and you two lads are good examples, I suppose, is that that passion seems to come through even stronger. What about yourself, Brian? What's your own background? So I was uh, I was born in Pork, uh, Glasgow, which is a lovely area. And um, obviously grew up a Celtic fan. But actually, funnily enough, I was never really that... It's funny Eddie mentioned this at a familial passed down of being a Celtic supporter because you're a Celtic supporter from both but I wasn't, wasn't really that interested in football and it, as a kid it wasn't until my sort of very like sort of 15, 16 I really sort of loved the game as much as the club and then from that sort of you develop that identity and, and I think it's one of the, the amazing things is when I moved to so as I moved about four and a half five years ago now and like Eddie, you find yourself sticking up for, for Scottish football and things. But one of the interesting things that people would ask is, why do you support Celtic? Mm. And it was the kind of first time I'd ever actually really been asked. Because in Glasgow, you just assume you're either your mum or dad supported it, or it's a school you went to, or whatever, right? But down there, it was the first time I really had to consider why I supported. And I knew it, but when I started to vocalise it, and really spoke about you know the, sort of the romanticism around the club, and the sort of the ethos around the club and how proud I was to talk about it, it really yeah. made that connection that wee bit stronger, just really vocalising and talking about it. And um, I'm, a, I'm a massive, massive film fan. And it always amazes me when one's made a movie about, you know, Celtic and the Lisbon Lions because it's Hollywood stuff. And yeah. I think when I moved down south and I was talking about it more and and it really sort of struck home just how important we are. And, and people were really like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. And I think that, and I know we're going to talk about the, the CSE, but I think that the other thing to remember about when you do move away from Glasgow or when you meet other people, you do have, you are sort of Celtic-minded. There's almost mm. a sort of ingrained set of sort of values or principles that you, you can kind of share. And it's really quite lovely where you meet, you know, like met Eddie, met a bunch of other guys, great people, and you, you're so different personality-wise, but there's this sort of inherent sort of will to say, well, this is how we should be. This is the things we should try and do. Um, and as I say, we will come to it, but that was sort of almost the genesis of creating or trying to create a real strong CSC with that sort of community link and and, and, and become a sort of, I know it sounds cheesy, become a little family, a little community of our own with mm-hmm. those values. So it's um, a long way of saying that the, I sort of love the values of the club for a youngster. Then I love the football side of it. And then really laterally, Love the purpose of it, and I think when you bring them all together, that's why it's, it feels so good to be a Celtic fan. Yeah, you know, it's a really strong point because you know, just as you're chatting there, I'm thinking, you know, what, what's my answer if somebody says, "Why do I support Celtic?" And the, the easier, the lazy answer is just because I always have done, and and, and that's it. You, you never really have to think too much about it. And maybe it's you know, as we've chatted about the other fact that you guys are away now, 
you're forming a CSE. So what, what's your, you know, what's your real strong why for doing so? You know, what's your real strong pull to form a CSE? And as you get older and you kind of, you know, grow out your teens and maybe even your twenties, the the club values, those shared values you speak of, Brian, become more important to you. Um, you've always had that Celtic mindedness thing, but that maybe helps you connect with other folks who are also removed from Glasgow. And it's it's great to see that that that's the um, don't be too dramatic, but the kind of humbling thing about speaking to the various folks, the real the real passion that comes through for people who take a lot of time and a lot of effort to set up supporters clubs, whether it's thirty miles from Glasgow or hundreds or thousands of miles from Glasgow, there's real passion that comes through in every story. And on that basis, then you guys are are one of the newest or newly most newly formed CSCs that we've spoken to. I believe it's just early December 2023. So I'll stick with you just now, Brian, for the, the story of the, how that came to be and, and how things are going in the short few months since. Well, yeah, so I think our official first club meeting was the, the 10th of December, but obviously there had been a lot of work beforehand to sort of, you know, get people involved, set it up, think about what we wanted to be. And really, I think the, the real story always, as we've said, right, we don't just want to be a group of guys that support Celtic sitting in a pub. We've got to think, how do we make this a community? And how does that community represent the sort of values we all share? And we sort of decided, right, let's try and set up a club. Let's get people involved, but let's also try and help the community. You know, it's no controversial to say that being a Celtic fan in England isn't always the, the easiest ride. You know, we don't have a great reputation, but mm-hmm. what we were very clear on, and I'm sure Eddie will agree from the start, was the fact that we, we, we live there, you know, we work there, we've got friends there, we have to treat it with respect while also sort of upholding the sort of the, the, the fibre of Celtic. And we said, as well as getting together, we want to really help the local community where possible, help those less fortunate. Um, I'll give some more details about that as we go on. Um, really get the families involved, you know, it's really important that the kids can make friends with other people's kids and they can take this on when I'm an old guy like Eddie, for example. And then we're passing on. Sorry, Eddie. Sorry, Eddie, you look great for it. Um, and, and it's one of those things, we want that succession. We want people to feel, feel welcome, feel safe, really embrace it. And as I say, while doing that, try and do a, a, a bit of good. And I think, you know, we're, we're about 45 paid members in already, which when you consider it's A, only a couple of months old and B, halfway through a season, I think it's really impressive and speaks to that passion and that sort of that sense of community that Eddie spoke about is very attractive. And what we hope is that we can be a sort of hub for that whole area. So people from, we have the guys from Reading up already, some of the Welsh CSCs, Gloucester, round about, some of these small places we can get together and really start maybe getting events in the go and, and sort of bring that bond together and create a new hub where everyone knows what we're doing, why we're doing it. And as I say, can feel safe, welcome and, and hopefully cheat on the Celtic. Yeah, and in, t- in terms of just the geography of things, Brian, so you're kind of somewhere kind of equidistant between London and Bristol, I believe. How hard is it to get more folks involved? Obviously, there's the expat community. I'm sure there's plenty of Scots and Irish in that part of the world. Is it hard to pull folks away from the Premier League and the draw of that to, to spend some time following Celtic? Well, I mean, I think that what you, what you tend to find is Celtic supporters are so passionate and loyal that it doesn't matter what game's on, if it's Celtic and Bucky Thistle, um, or you've got Man United Liverpool, they'll still watch Celtic Bucky Thistle, right? So the, the attractiveness of coming to, to watch and enjoy the company, I think, is is the easiest sell. I think visibility is the thing, which is why, you know, being on today is excellent, because we can really get the word out 
and let people know that, you know, just round the corner, you know, just a short car drive or 20 minutes in the train away, there's a real thriving community here and, and a real bit of fun and, and some real good stuff happening. So I think it's really just visibility. I think the desire's there and I think that there's enough people there. We just need to really build that reputation, you know, really stick by what we set out to do, um, you know, behave in the right way, act in the right way. And I think people will come build it and they will come to paraphrase <laughs> of Kevin Costner. Um, and I think it's Yeah, and, and I'm sure, you know, as I say, the kind of passion is something that's easy to pick up on, you know, when speaking to you guys as as well as anyone else. And as you say, very early days for the club, but hopefully by continuing to do the right things, that'll attract like-minded people and a, and a bigger audience. Eddie, obviously you're, you know, now you know removed from Glasgow since you were 10 years of age, you've yeah, mentioned you've been yeah. down there for some time. But how exciting is it to be part of, of the new Swindon CSC, you know, only a few months in, but quite an yeah. exciting time, I'm sure. Yeah, very much so. Um it's driven by people like Brian, who's been outstanding, doing outstanding work for him. And uh, Marshy, the chairman, uh, Colin Marshall, he's getting married next year, but how he's going to fit that in with all the work he does for Swindon uh, uh, Celtic Supporters Club, I don't know. But uh, And even uh, the people around us, they're all driven and they're all, all these clubs are all very good, but they're only as good as the parts of the sun. You know, It's okay to have any clubs, but if people got to put their hand up and say, you know, I'll do this and I'll be this and I'll be a chairman and I'll be the secretary. Um, and there doesn't seem any um, any problem in anyone taking those those parts at the moment. And hopefully as that develops, it will become less for them to do because more people will do a little bits. But yeah. at the moment, it is exciting. Unfortunately, the worst thing about it, and I don't know how it's happened, I've become a, I've become a senior member, which um, yeah. is just... Um, doesn't fit right with me, by the way, but no, it's fine. Yeah, um, no, it's it's just an age good. thing, isn't yeah. It? yeah, it is. It is it's just a number. Um, <laughs> but all said and done, you know, it's a younger, it's a younger vibe. Um, social media is very important for people like Brian and and uh, Lee Robson, who Robinson, who does great work as well. Um, and the the new Facebook page, some great photos of our, late, our first trip up uh, up the back up home. So it's it's, it's very vibrant. Yeah, no, it sounds great. I was going to ask, you've mentioned a few guys, Eddie. Um, not sure if it's one for yourself or Brian, but I was going to ask, is there other guys, these things can't happen by themselves. It's not a, yeah. a one and two man gig. There's, you know, many hands yeah. make light work. Is there any guys, you've mentioned Marcia there, uh, Lee Robinson, any other guys that have been pivotal in, in making things happen? Yeah, Joe McGarvey, he does a lot of the charity stuff. Well, you know, brings it together. He puts it out there and then it's up to everyone to bring stuff in. But he's the one who'll set it up and, and collect it and drop it off with a donation. He's also done uh, the London Sleepover, which uh, went well for him and, and, and Marshy. Um, so he's at the forefront of that. We've also got something coming up very soon, which uh, I can talk about now if you want to talk about it in a wee while. But the, uh, a good friend of mine who's a member, uh, Tony Warrington, but people know him as Spike. Um He's going to the Sierra Leone. Um, he's, he's been there before. Uh, he is a trustee for a charity called Help, and they're going over there to um, uh, build some toilets and a, a well. I know Spike. He'll not get his hands dirty because he's a, a, a UEFA B coach, and he's going to be coaching some kids. So you know he's very talented in that, and it's, so it's that's a real good um, something to put to the club and let people know that that's happening from our members, which is really good. Um, the, 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 the funny thing about it as well, they're over there and they've got a Catholic mission. Um, and the, the priest is called Father Henry. 
um, he visited Glasgow when he was um, in a seminar to uh, uh, when he was learning the, the priesthood, and he visited Celtic Park. And funny enough, now he's he's at the mission in this area Leone and spent last time he went out there, brought loads of Celtic shots out, and he and he was just he was just he thought, no, I have to support Celtic even more now because you know this is a, this is a calling. <laughs> so um, uh, and he's doing it again very soon, the beginning of next month. I know that there's a collection of uh, more Celtic sh shots and memorabilia going out there. So um, I won't tell him because um, he's one of my best friends, but I'm very proud of him. And um, actually, my very first European trip uh, abroad watching Celtic was um, Nonch Natel's Amash, the oh. fateful. <laughs> oh, you say that, yeah. So we drove from Swindon to Switzerland, could beat 5-1, Hassan Hassan scored four, yeah, got in the car the next day, drove back all the way back. So, ever since then, I've supported Celtic, and that is probably that. And uh, well, it's been a quite a lot, a lot of little moments watching Celtic in Europe, but that was my first one. Yeah, you know, not your last one, unfortunately, but certainly yeah, no, you know, a lot of ups and downs. Um, but yeah. no, great to hear though that you know the stories there, um, about Spike and and some yeah. of the great work he's doing further afield. Maybe him and Father Henry can set up the Sierra Leone CSC, maybe something for them to get stuck yeah, into. Yeah. But great to hear of the, the charity work further afield. You guys have touched on it, um, but Brian, I want to just maybe touch on any of the kind of work that you do closer to home. Um, and just before we, we catch that, again, there's various different themes and threads, you know, going through all of these recordings that we're doing as part of the CSC story stuff. And charity is absolutely at the forefront. It's, it's so important to so many people that, that follow Celtic and everyone I've spoken to so far absolutely has a charitable element to what they do. But where, where does it sit for you in terms of importance? Oh, I think it's paramount. I think it, you know, when I, when I mentioned when the club was formed and the discussions around it, there was a real clear state of, you know, we've got a group of people together here that are very passionate, are doing well, but we've got to, got to help out, right? I mean, now more than ever, people really need help. And I think that it's, it's something that we have really. You know, all the guys that, that Eddie mentioned, all the guys, everyone that attends a game uh, is really mentioned and, and really been passionate about. And already we've done, we've done a, a really successful food bank collection um, right at the start. And I think this the, the sort of willingness to, you know, no one questioned, no one said, oh, how much or do I need to do this? Or, it was just, yep, it, it was almost that shrug of the shoulder. Obviously we'll do it. And that was yeah. brilliant to see. And again, that, that doesn't just filter from, you know, committee members. That's everyone that attends. It's got that ethos, that, that sort of real passion, that drive to do it. So we've done that already. Um, we're making plans for other things coming up. Um, we've got, a, I think, an Easter egg collection coming up as well. We've got a, a few events happening. Um, I, I need to get a date confirmed, so I don't want to say it live, but I think we've got a, we've got a singer coming down soon as well. And, you know, we'll raise my lot of money for that. So there's things already happening and being quite successful. And that's mm -hmm. in addition to the, the sort of local stuff that Eddie mentioned that um, Big Joe and Marshy had done with the sleep out. Um, and over the years, sort of, even though we weren't an official Celtic supporters club, just knowing each other and there's been work going on in the background for a long time. And I think that it's, you asked about the importance of it. I think being there, where we are, all together, it's not just important, it's expected in a way. Mm -hmm. And yep. I don't think you can take that for granted, that that willingness to, to just reach your hand in your pocket during difficult times and, and try and help out a little bit. It speaks to volumes about what Celtic means to people and that ethos, but more than that, it speaks volumes to the type of characters we've got in the CSC. And um, it's, you know, 
Eddie spoke about being proud. It's when you sit in the room with these guys, and you know some of them are crackers. You know they're, they're crazy, but they've all got that good spirit and that willingness yeah. to help. And you can't not be sort of proud and empowered by that. So I think that's going to be a real strong component of the club moving forward. Because again, to echo what Eddie said earlier, the club's about the people, the people in it, yeah. and, and that's where that's driven from. Yeah, do you know, it's brilliant to hear that and brilliant to hear about the, the ongoing good work you're doing. As always, what, what we'll do post-recording is, is share links, you know, to where people can find out a bit more about yourselves as a club. And certainly if there's any details on any upcoming events, Brian, we'll get them shared about as well and, and spread the word there. Um, yeah. Let's talk about that first trip. So keep it in mind, guys, we're pre-watershed here, you know, you kind of watch what you're saying. But um, Eddie, I'll let you take the lead. So was this the first trip back to, to Celtic Park as a club? This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Uh, well, it was actually um, yes, it was, but it was it was a, it was a rather significant birthday for me actually. So I, I had a a number of really? um, a number of boys coming up from the club anyway, and um, and uh, my two sons and my nephew were coming up as well. So and it coincided with the Ross County game, so it, it married up really perfectly. So um, I've actually said that they all come up for me for that game rather than the club trip. So I'm sure they would have all come up anyway. But um, uh, no, it, was, it, it just coincided with that as well. So it all went down famously. And um, we had a, a really good night after the match, uh, unexpectedly so, because no one expected. We went in the Saracens' head, and, and I don't know why we went in there. We just all met in there and then never left and uh, until closing time. But uh, it was really good, and it was a really good bonding. Um, and I'm sh- and, and when the, the, the consensus of opinion was... When can we do it again? And that's yeah. always a good marker, isn't it? When someone says that, you know, you think we're doing something right there then. So I don't yeah. know if I can do it again. I can't afford my boys to keep coming up every time. <laughs> but uh, no, um, I'll look forward to the next one. Yeah, and you know, the fact there's a big clamour for, for when's the next one tells you just how yeah, successful yeah. it must have been. Brian, what's the gist of those trips? How does it work? Is it, is it a bus up to Glasgow? Do you travel differently? Do you stay a night over? What's the, the logistics of it all for you? I, th- I think it's it will sort of vary over time. I say that was the sort of first. So um, I think some people went by train, some people went by bus. Um, so it'll be, as we move on, there'll probably be a more regimented, prescribed format. But at, at the moment, I say that was the first one. I've no real rules in place. It's, it's usually important, um, you know, to paraphrase the song, I don't care how you get here, just get here if you can. And if you get <laughs> the boys all together up in Glasgow, it watch the Celtic, that's the main thing. And again, the, the point about people... So I, I never actually made that trip. Um, I just saw the, the, the pictures of the carnage, I should say. And Eddie said, you know, it was a big effort for people to get there. I think some of the guys have left a part of themselves there still because uh, it looked like quite a night. But again, it was it was all in good spirits. People were safe. They were in company. There was no problems. And again, that speaks to the people because when you go away, you know, just represent Celtic, but especially if you're part of a CSC, you're representing that and each other. And there was no hassle. It was good fun. And um and yeah, I'm sort of in training for the next one, so I'm, I'm sort of picking myself up for it, to be honest. Yeah, you don't want to rush your knees, things. You want to make sure you're, you're fully prepped before before going for it. Interesting, Eddie, that you end up 
you know, in the Sarahid there, there's obviously a, a lot going on in that area, you know, around the bar, yeah. there's a lot of yeah. gentrification and yeah. you know, nice new places popping up, St. Luke's yeah. and, and whatever Beards is called nowadays. But interesting, you've gone back to your roots there and you've, you've gone for the old school approach in the Saracen Head. Yeah, it was good. But the good thing is, I mean, if you if you go into uh, right into the town, people start splitting up and moving around different places. But the really good thing is, it was about eighteen of us all sort of like stayed in there until the better end. And um, so we're all we're all together as one. And it was a it was a it was a, a night to remember if I, um, for some and maybe some others a night to know some I remember so much. But um, I put myself in the latter, by the way. <laughs> um, no, it was really good. And I said. I mean, like Brian's alluded to there, it's a case of, so, you know, is the, is the bus going to be the cheaper way to get up the road or is the trains from Brist, uh, the planes from Bristol? It just, when you look at the dates and then you look at the, the how, how are we going to get up there? So it is trains, planes and automobiles, really. Yeah. Good stuff. And listen, hopefully the next trip's not too far away. Um, generally speaking, at this point, I like to ask about your your favourite memories as a CSC, but obviously, you know, we're putting you into it in terms of the Swindon CSC, you know, just a few months. So, What's been the highlights for you, Brian? Maybe in that short time, there was a, a big one against Rangers on the 30th of December, but whether it's that or maybe some, you know, some history a wee bit further back, what's been your biggest moments in your, your Celtic supporting life? Well, so, um, biggest sports in our Celtic sports life, I've got, I've got a few. Um, in terms of the CSC, um, you mentioned it, the, the game against um, Rangers was, was excellent. It was um, a brilliant atmosphere. I made a, a deal with the missus. She says, look, I'm not expecting you home at any time. Just don't come home battered. Needless to say, I came home battered. So I ruined that for myself a wee bit. But no, Austin, it was a brilliant day. It was great crack. And I think everyone absolutely loved it. Um, one of the guys brought his kids with him. It was really nice to see the kids about. Um, I know uh, Big Lee's brought um, his kids. He's keen to bring his kids down as well. So it's all very exciting. And that's sort of nice. But in terms of being a supporter, actually, I was having a chat the other day about it. And... Again, it's like a, a, we're talking about favourite goals. And my favourite goal, probably, is it was Nakamura against Rangers. And do you remember Gary Caldwell pinged a ball right in the middle of the park? And I'm going to touch that and just curled it in. And it was amazing. And for that period, actually, and I think sometimes Gordon Strang is really underrated as a Celtic manager because actually a lot of my memories are based on about that time. But like the win against Man United, wins against AC Milan, getting to the last 16 twice, and then once later after Lenny. So, um, yes, there's too many. Too, I won't annoy your life that day by rambling about my favourite memories, but they're, they're the ones that always stick out. And um, it was based on the that game and the CSC when we watched against Rangers. And um, Bernardo scored and we said, oh, What a goal! Which is your favourite goal? And that spawned off of the back of that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's that in itself was a, a huge result for Celtic. Hopefully, it's a significant one as we get to the end of this season. The Nakamura game you mentioned. It's one of my top five Celtic games of all time. Um, I was right behind that Nakamura goal, and it's kind of swerving. I, I think Alan McGregor caught it in the way back out, all that kind of stuff. Um, and Gary Caldwell, Gary Caldwell played an important part in the second goal. He chips it to the back post. Scott McDonald headers it back across, and Venegar yeah. scores in the 90. Yeah, last Tom minute. And, and Bedlam yeah, and Suez. Yeah. Um, Eddie, Ed, I'll come to yourself. Um, Favourite memories. Did you catch the 7 1 game, or was that just a bit too. You'd have my laugh. <laughs> No, I'm a, um, I was up the road for the for the last uh, Glasgow derby went, so I missed the um, the Swindon uh, Celtic fans there. So, um, but um, I've got long memories of lots of games. Um, generally, the, 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 I think I think actually one that really sticks is when we stopped there ten. You know, the yeah. ground was um, the, the atmosphere before the game. 
down the Gala Gate was, you know, it was, everyone was nervous, but it was a nervous excitement because if I'm being honest, I always thought we were going to win. It just, we needed to just, you know, settle in and obviously the King scores early and that's a memory of the, after the game and everything, it was just sensational going through Glasgow that, that, that night. Um, and the whole, the whole day was just remarkable. I really enjoyed going up the road. Um, it was a couple of days after my birthday when they rearranged game when we won three nothing um, under Ange, and yeah. um, put us, you know we were flying then and, and uh, Rio scored two. That was a that was a great game for Celtic as well. And you know it was all full of Celtic fans as well. And um, that argument about um, uh, should we let the away fans in. I get it, but that was a special atmosphere that day, yeah. that night, you know, and, and and also, I think, because it was an evening game as well, you know, there always seemed to be a better atmosphere in the European, you remember those games as a kid, didn't you? walking up to Celtic Park with the light, the floodlights on, and, uh, you know, the buzz about the ground, still, still happens, still feel that now, you know, but uh, yeah. in a night game, playing Rangers, we don't do that a lot, a much, I think the last game I was there before was um, Ali McCoyce and Neil Lennon, Neil had a fight, you know, after the yeah. final whistle, um, there's special evenings when you win as well, man. Maybe not so much if this, the result isn't the same. But so many, many memories and European ones. Um, beating Liverpool and Blackburn when you live in Scot, uh, when you live in England, is even more special, you know, because yeah. you're expecting to be roll up. Liverpool ruffle your hair and tucking your tummy and send you back up the road. That didn't happen then, and and Martin O'Neill wasn't about to let that happen against Blackburn. That's for sure. So um, um, they're great memories as well, but. Uh, it just always, when you're watching Celtic, it's always some sort of memory, whether it's good or bad. But some, yeah. it, some are um, special ones, really special ones. Yeah, you know, loads of good stuff in there, Eddie, and you know, loads of brilliant memories. That I'm sure a lot of yeah. folk can can really relate to. And the hope is that you guys, at, you know, this one in CSC, have got loads more big memories to to share together as a group. And on that note, Brian, just to bring us back to the club, um, again, it's not. Don't want to be too fluffy with this question, but what, what's your hopes and aspirations for the club moving forward? What's, what's the target here? So you've got maybe just under 50 you know, fully paid members at this moment in time. What is next? What do you see in the years ahead? Well, what I hope is that the, the club continues to expand and, and get people in it. And regardless of how many new members we get or if there changes at, at you know, committee level or anything like that, or no matter what happens, I hope we keep the same sort of passion and the same sort of desire to drive it. I think that's going to be really key because I think that it's it's great to to do things full steam ahead for a year or two. Doing it for ten years is harder, yeah. so we need yeah. to keep that up. And the reason that I mentioned, you know, families coming down, you know, some of the wives and kids coming down is because you want to build that sort of sense of family and community and, and link, not just around the football, but around life and around the community. And I hope that so that's something that continues to go so that you know. When you know my kids are my age and, and they're involved and they're doing well and they're having conversations like this, I don't what platform will be at that time, right enough. But um, and that's really what I hope. I hope it, it maintains. I hope that it grows. I hope that we keep the ethos and the passion there. Um, and I don't, you know, I'm not saying we need to get 200 members or we need to do this or do that. I think that if we act in the right manner with the right passion and the right enthusiasm, the right drive. I think all of that will come. So I hope that we maintain this longer term, and I'm sure we will. And, and I hope to see, you know, we're, we're looking at trying to arrange a, a few events 
maybe over the summer as well, and it'd be great to get guys for like some of the London CSEs down, um, you know, Bristol, Gloucester, etc., and, and start to really branch out across that part because, like Eddie said, it can be isolating being a, a Scotsman in England. It can be yeah. doubly so being a <clears throat> Celtic fan in England. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, the more of us that are together, you know, doing the right things the right way, it benefits everyone. So, a long way of saying that's my hope for the future. Definitely, and you know, and very genuinely, we wish all the best with everything moving forward. And what's the best place, Brian, for folks to get a hold of you? If someone finds himself travelling through or, or nearby, you know, on, on match day, where can they contact you? And we'll, we'll share these in the notes as well, but what's the best contact? Is it through some of your socials or otherwise? Uh, well, actually, you can probably just go to Eddie's house. If you just put your address up there, Eddie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, uh, it's Swindon CSC on Twitter, just at Swindon CSC. Uh, we've got a Facebook page again, Swindon CSC, and Instagram's just the same, Swindon CSC. Uh, we're located at the Cop Bar, um, which also is at the traditional Liverpool bar but we've sort of taken over and and I've got to say special shout out to the cop um, the management have been top class uh, yeah, again yeah. even without being related to Celtic these are guys that um, go about their business the right way they try to do things for the community as well the bar staff have been absolutely great yeah. um, they, they've got a, a restaurant next door that's been out their way to keep us fed and watered and we're building relationships with them as well to try and incentivize members to, to actually become members because there's going to be benefits which We'll disclose in full detail once they're all finalised. But, um, yeah, so the cop bar, uh, Swindon Town Centre. But reach out to any of the socials for us. Um, there's always three or four of us are, um, online at any one time as admin, so you'll always get someone and we'll keep you posted. Um, but I say we have got a few events coming up, which we'll be really keen to push forward and hopefully get a big number of people down. Uh, and then from there, word of mouth. And in platforms like this, you know, it's, it's great to, to have this spotlight. It's, massively appreciated as well so things like this will help definitely and yeah. likewise it's, it's a two-way street it's great for me to be chatting with yourself and the, the various other guys it's also so important Brian to have that solid relationship with the bar without a bar you don't have a place to congregate mm-hmm. and, and get folks together so good to hear about the the relationship with the guys here at the cop and obviously that's something that's standing you in good stead at this moment in time Eddie just as we're starting to to get towards the end of the recording it's a yeah. short question it's one I asked everybody um, but not necessarily a short answer uh, and the question is something that's... Well, it would be if you asked Brian. I'll go to you first. What does support Celtic mean to you, Eddie? What does it mean to me? Oh, God. I always feel like I'm an apostle coming from Glasgow, you know, coming down here to spread the faith. Um, I'm really proud to be a Celtic fan. I think um, the tradition and where it's where it's come from and what, what the initial setup of Celtic, you know, we all know the story from... Uh, from being born in the East End and to feed the local community. And I don't think that's something you give away lightly. You know, we all we all do things for our children that we hope to progress their lifestyles in times to come. And I won't forget that my grand or my granddad or their great granddads had it really hard and and really struggled. And and by as we move on through the generations, things hopefully go a wee bit better for everybody as we go through the generations. But I can't leave that behind, that how hard they would have struggled. And mm-hmm. for me, that club, the club represents them. And I'm very proud of it. My dad's, um, my dad has, we got, I'm a, I got him a stone in Celtic Park. And every time I got there, and now my children got there, when, they, when, when I'm not there, and we always go and kiss, and I'll say a wee prayer, yeah. kiss the stone. 
and even my, my relations up in Glasgow will go and see that that brick. Um, so I'm really proud that we've done that for him as well, and um, and it really is from the from where the club is that represents the local community, and for me that that's um, that's what it means really. Yeah, really great to hear that, Eddie, and just Cheers. very nicely put in general. So Thanks. great stuff, Brian. Same question to yourself. Not an easy question, but what does it mean to you to be a Celtic supporter? Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of mentioned it at the start, but it is a real sort of sense of pride. You can really, you know, when you talk about your club, you can talk about all the, the history, the stories, how great it is. Um, one of the things that I love so much about the club is the characters they've emerged from it over the years and, and the people and the funny stories and stuff. And uh, I love all of that. And, and I love that, you know, we, we really made a place in history as this club from Glasgow. So, Eddie spoke wonderfully and I kind of thought that about the, the sort of emotional connection to the club but if you look at the team you know the Lisbon Lions in many ways changed football we're still highly regarded it's a feat that will never be matched and you've always got that and, and that sort of playing the Celtic way and, and having that sort of style and swagger and, and you know like Eddie said sometimes you're playing the bigger teams and you're expected to get slapped about but you've got that wee bit extra to stand your ground and say no 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 we're Celtic and uh, we'll, we'll certainly go down swinging and I just think as a, as a club, we're sort of, we're, there's such a wonderful, almost rocky story of that underdog trying to do the right thing and becoming successful. And I think that's really key. Um, but again, I can't really talk, talk Eddie. I think he summed that up perfectly and, and I think he speaks for most of us. Yeah, do you know, the two brilliant answers, lads, and there's, there's certainly no right or wrong answer. Everyone's got their own unique response to that, which is why it makes it such a, an interesting and good question to finish off the recordings, but brilliant to hear the answers from you both. And very genuinely, uh, thanks to you both for sparing the time to join us here. Thank it's you. been a, a really enjoyable conversation, and I wish you best Thank of you. luck with the, the ongoing work that you're doing there at the Swindon CSC. Yeah, well. Yeah. Remember, uh, if you want to feature your Celtic Supporters Club in a future episode, then just get in touch through our social media or via the website at theCelticExchange.com. CSC Stories is brought to you in partnership with Football Without Fans, the definitive guide to Celtic supporters clubs around the globe. It's available on Amazon now, and we'll link to that in the show notes for this episode. But in the meantime, thanks again to Brian and Eddie. And finally, our thanks to you for tuning in. We'll be back again very soon with more CSC stories. Podcast Network.